0: i
1: am awake welcome to native roots radio presents i'm awake and i'm your host Hade. hey karegi to all my friends and relatives in four directions you are listening to native Roots radio presents i'm awake and i'm your host robert pilot and we discuss local and national native news and events and as you know Ogamon, native issues are human issues and human issues are native issues
0: and this portion of the show is supported by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice.
1: Hey, Oguma, uh it's a, a big day here at uh, Macho Ho- Macho Jodos uh, here in St. Paul. Uh, we had the twins. won, Trump's uh, Trump's indicted uh, just a little bit ago, and uh, we're going to get uh, four to seven inches of snow here. <laughs>
0: Yeah, on the second to last day of March, it's it's April, day after tomorrow, and we're getting another six inches of snow. It's um, going to be one of those days, or one of those years, I guess.
1: Yeah, definitely. We'll have some flooding for sure down here in the Twin Cities, uh, on mm-hmm. the mighty Mississippi, and uh, you have a lot of snow up there. But, hey, let's talk about the news. I didn't want to steal all your news, but I was just so excited. I wanted to talk about Trump and the Twins, or the Twins and the Trump. And as you know, Ogamau Native Rich Trading Post is going to have a kiosk out at the every Twins game here for 80 games. And if they make the playoffs, which it looks like today because they're undefeated, uh, we'll be there for more games. So, hey, Ogama with the news that you don't hear anywhere else. Welc- Oguma, welcome, Ogama.
0: Hey, Buju Aneen relatives. This is Ogama Ganuakwe. I am a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota, and I have some news and information for you here. According to CNN president, or former president, excuse me, Donald Trump and his team said that they were blindsided by the timing of the indictment Ooh. today. <laughs> Um Trump's team had basically planned for an indictment the last two weeks, um, <laughs> but then had been told that the grand jury would not be meeting on the case and believed that the indictment would not come for several more weeks. So apparently they were not expecting it today. Uh, but many uh, people are. Very, very excited to see uh, that Trump is being indicted. Um, He will be perp walked, uh, which means he'll be walked out on the street by law enforcement, most likely. Um, And then once he's inside, uh, his fingerprints and mugshot will be taken. (laughs) Um, And in New York state, uh, mugshots are not automatically made public. So we might have to wait for somebody to... Uh, leak that one um, and we'll kind of see what's going to happen. Normally people are um, handcuffed as they come into court, but since the Secret Service is technically going to be involved, they're not really sure if that's going to be the case. And then the judge is going to advise Trump of the charges against him and the grand jury indictment um, was filed today and charges have not been officially announced publicly, but we can, um, I think most of us bet that there are many. So um, many people, and myself included, are... Um, excited to see that some things are um being some some things are being uh justice is being served uh to an extent right yeah definitely uh, Definitely. Other news here uh, that's, I guess, national news, uh, international news, I suppose. Uh, today, the Vatican responded to indigenous demands and uh, formally said that they do not back the doctrine of discovery. Um, and That is so. For those of you who don't know, uh, the doctrine of discovery was a 15th century uh popple statement that basically colonial era uh, people used to legitimize the seizure of native lands on the basis, and and it also forms some of the basis of some of the property laws today. So, um, according to the statement from the Vatican at CNN, uh, the decree does not adequately reflect the equal dignity and rights of indigenous peoples that have never been considered expressions of, and have never been considered expressions of the Catholic faith. And, uh, the Vatican's development education office, um, has marked this historic recognition. Um, and unfortunately at the same time, um, the, uh, Pope, I believe is hospitalized this week as well with a respiratory infection. So, um, that has been, um, interesting to watch kind of at the same time. But this is a really good first step. I think, uh, I mean, at least to me, an Indigenous person and a lot of Indigenous leaders who have already commented on this say it is a really good first step, but it does not address the rescinding of them themselves. They can condemn them, but they haven't fully rescinded them. Um, And it does not put any distance between that and acknowledging the actual, um, abuses that the Vatican or the Catholic church has done against indigenous people worldwide. Um, but it is a really good, um, first step, um, to that, uh, you know, to truth telling, which we talked about a lot on the show yesterday, right, Robert?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree a hundred percent. It's a, it's a, a good day here in the in turtle island i'm really happy and ecstatic that uh that uh, you know you and i if we had done any of these things we'd be already in prison um, counting the days of getting out <laughs>
0: uh yeah i don't even about, about counting the days it would be counting the years Robert right. so <laughs> right. you know there's definitely some things that are um you know there there's some uh what's the word i'm looking for Robert now i i can't i can't
1: Oh, now you're um, getting like me, what the? Yeah, heck? I
0: guess, you know, oh, it's I kind see. of been, been a little bit of a hectic day for me. Um, Also from CNN, uh, there was a train derailment today in Minnesota uh, near the city of Raymond, which is about 100 miles due west of the Twin Cities. The train was hauling ethanol um, and it derailed early this morning and ignited several rail cars and forced a mandatory evacuation of the city of about 800 people. Um, Eight hours after the derailment, the fire was still burning. Um, The EPA is on scene um, to conduct air quality Monitoring and they said those four there was four cars that contained ethanol um, ruptured and caught fire and they continued to burn and that four additional cars containing ethanol may also release. Um, the train is operated by BNSF Railway and derailed around 1 a.m. according to CNN. And homes within a half an hour, a half a mile of the derailment were evacuated in Candy Ohio County. As of now, there have been no injuries reported as a result of the crash, um, but residents are order, are indicated that they could um, safely return to their homes. And there's road detours in the area, um, and there's a foam that authorities are going to be using to put out the blaze. And uh, President, or excuse me, Minnesota Governor Tim Walls did assure our citizens during a conference uh, this afternoon that the um, chemicals within that do not contain PFAS or forever chemicals. So, um, we're hoping, and the governor as well said, that the relatively frozen ground in the area will likely help with the remediation efforts.
3: Um, yeah. The ethanol
0: would burn off more easily rather than soaking into the ground. Um, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency is also going to work to ensure that there's no runoff into local water sources, but um, we'll see what happens. This crash is a little different from the East Palestine wreck. Uh, rack, excuse me. Um, East Palestine, Ohio had been carrying hazardous chemicals Um, and that disaster had a days-long inferno which just spewed poisonous fumes and killed thousands of fish and uh, people in East Palestine were wondering about a variety of health issues that are likely from the wreck Um, and while both freight trains were carrying highly flammable and potentially toxic chemicals such as vinyl chloride in Ohio and ethanol in Minnesota The preliminary information here in Minnesota Minnesota suggests that 14 of the train's 40 cars were carrying hazardous material rather than all of them. And um, the train was also carrying corn syrup. So um, there's some other things that um, are not flammable. So hopefully this um, will not be quite as bad. But both chemicals are toxic if they're inhaled or come into contact with skin or ingested. Um, Ethanol is highly soluble in water, um, meaning it'll be easy to dilute. Um, But dilution is only one way to reduce risk. So these are still going to be problems. So keep keep an eye out in those areas. Prayers are out to those areas that have been, um, you know, um, have been evacuated and then just one more quick one before we go to commercial robert flood the courts online support tomorrow at 9 a.m on zoom um for Aiken county and also in person in Aiken county go on over to stop line three and uh get some information on that
1: right on gigi. thanks for the news up next robert Lilligren. you're listening to native roots radio presents i'm awake Judge Janet Protasewicz is running to provide you with the justice you deserve.
3: For years, Judge Janet has supported the youth and underrepresented communities.
1: Judge Janet has strong values for public education and believes in setting our communities up for success.
3: Judge Janet believes that Native rights are sovereign rights.
1: Judge Janet understands the importance of issues such as missing and murdered Indigenous women, treaty rights, and hunting and gathering.
3: Unlike her opponent, Judge Janet not only talks the talk, but walks the walk.
1: Judge Janet knows the impact that our courts have on our communities, and she will bring integrity and fairness to the court.
3: Judge Janet Protosewitz will fight for us. Let's fight for them.
1: Make a plan to vote by April 4th.
3: Find your polling place at vote.wisdoms.org. That's vote.wisdoms.org.
1: vote.wisdoms.org backslash ev.
6: Paid for by the Democratic Party of Wisconsin as an in-kind to Janet for justice.
3: Bijou, I am Oshawashko Gijig. I'm from Red Lake Nation. And you're listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake.
3: Hey, this portion of the
0: show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute.
1: Hey, we have Robert Lilligren, uh, the CEO of Native American uh, Development Institute. <laughs> Natke, we like to say. And Robert, I'm giddy. The twins won today. Uh, Trump's, ah. Trump's going to jail, and you've been sugar bushing. I don't know what else can be better than that. Uh,
4: there you go. I thought you were going to say you're giddy about Trump's indictment, which, which is enough to be giddy about, right?
1: Right. Exactly. That's the way I feel. I'm totally excited it's about time
4: finally right finally and you know i think uh i think this might be a situation where this is kind of opening the gates right the the first president to be criminally charged first former president to be criminally charged then of course there are other investigations going on so hopefully once that seal is broke we can see more of this this kind of activity
1: exactly we'll get back to that but hey earlier was it today or yesterday you were out sugar bushing and why don't you tell our audience what you were doing and i didn't know porky's place was still around that's exciting it
4: is still around and so uh it was interesting i started my day you know with uh the staff from NACD and some board representation and uh we went out to porky's sugar bush camp out in maple plain minnesota which is a far western Uh, suburb here in hennepin county the same county minneapolis is in and porky's is a long established place right robert it's been around for about 50 years and uh and it's it's just incredible and so uh they they have a little bit of a scaled back operation i think they're tapping 100 maples now i think at their peak they've been maybe 300 and it was uh We didn't work the the trees uh, when we were out there, but we were helping to filter and to bottle the the syrup. And it was just, it was wonderful. And it contrasted beautifully with my afternoon where I was over at the state capitol at the Senate office building testifying. So I got some beautiful outdoor traditional time before I had to go into much more colonized space.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And just uh, before we get too far into it, uh, Porky was a teacher at uh, Red Schoolhouse and he used to take the kids out there sugar bushing. And now I, many, many years later, it's still going on. And that's really, really exciting. Uh, I asked you where you were and when you said that, I was like, all right, that's still. Going yeah, on.
4: yeah. They were really proud of the fact that just this year they've had, I think, over 300 school kids just this year. Out there, and it's not a huge camp. I mean, that's a lot of groups coming out there, and and you can tell how much they just love having the young people there. And the whole operation is so impressive, and the uh, and, uh, land that it's on has now been put into permanent uh, conservancy conservation. Wow. And, and so it will remain, pretty, you know, the way it is uh, for the for the for not just the foreseeable future, really, forever.
1: Wow! Wow, that's that's really cool, and what a great way to start out with your staff. And when I saw that staff picture, I just uh, remembered how uh, we had talked many times now about how you've switched the switch with your staff, and how uh, great that has been for them, and for you, and for the community. Uh, I just I think of that all the time, Robert.
4: Oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, it's we've just tried to be really deliberate, and we always were deliberate about indigenizing the way that we do business, indigenizing the organization. And then with COVID, that really kind of uh, added urgency to the conversation and with guidance from several of our elders, we've been really putting in place a lot of our native values. You know, one of them, we've talked about this before is sort of flipping the, the script from the colonized approach and and, and instead you know, we we take care of ourselves first, our families second, and then our community and organization third. And that was a lesson I learned, kind of a tough lesson, from our uh, local elder Linda Eagle Speaker uh-huh. during some coaching during COVID. And I kept pushing back and saying, "No, Linda, we're we're we we're, we're Indigenous. It's it's the whole. We care about the whole." And she just kept calmly saying, "The Indigenous way is care for yourself, your family." then your community and she said if you're not taking care of yourself how can you take care of anyone else Yeah, and i gotta tell you robert it was hard it was hard for me to embrace that and then even my staff and my younger staff you know it's 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 just not the way we're conditioned here in this country you know and so we had to unlearn the colonized approach and relearn this approach and the, the impact on our organization has been almost magical almost mystical just the how we have all sort of leveled up in our performance and our contributions because we're taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Right. And so part of indigenizing our operations has been to introduce regulars or cultural activities and, and group activities where we can team build. And so this Sugar Bush experience this morning just really hit it right in the sweet spot. It was, it was something
1: you know, and there's talk with my nation about, uh, and there always is, but there's been talk revved up again about starting their own school. And when you think about that and you think about Porky's, uh, and you think about what, the uh, red school house tried to do and all the other survival schools across turtle Island. Um, mm-hmm. it might be a, a time again to start revving that up again.
4: Well, yeah. And that school, You know, we don't have, a. Whole pipeline from uh, pre-K through elementary, through middle school to high school of India you know, a focused Indian head here in Minneapolis. There isn't. And if it was going to exist anywhere, you think it would be here, right? right? The history we have in education and things, and so, so even kind of knitting together, so uh, we could have immersive language curriculum. That, uh, kids are entering into before kindergarten and they can stay in all through school and that that just seems fundamental to me so there's a lot of people working on that and hopefully right. and now it sounds like your nation is interested in entering into the conversation so, so hopefully someday soon
1: well and i know those older schools that aim started uh started out every day in a good way you know they would start mm-hmm. out a circle and a uh, and, and it wouldn't start in with the bell ringing and uh, because we talk about over the years uh, how education a lot of times was set up in the 1880s to to funnel uh, factory workers into factories and with the bells right. ringing and going from room to room. And, and sure. that's not how our people, and I don't think a lot of people, learn anymore. Right,
4: right, right. Well, just that school model, right? Everything desks in straight rows with military precision and 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 again with our people when when our history is having educate american education weaponized against us, right and so just the the longer trail the longer pathway back to indigenizing education and so yeah so today's yeah. experience was was really something and there were a lot of folks out there at the camp that remembered my dad and my yeah. brother, some of my family from years back from uh, the founding of mcgizzy communications my sister was i think the first employee for wow McGizzie communications and so a lot of nice reminiscing too
1: yeah yeah and mcgizzy how powerful they are now but also how powerful they were in their original uh setting where they were uh you know training college students to uh get be in the news and work in the news and and yeah. amplify native news
4: right so for folks maybe who aren't from this area you know mcgizzy communications is one of our long-standing uh native orgs that focuses on youth development youth education in media in particular and the founder uh laura waterman whitstock uh just a revered ancestor now and a name founder and it was her son that was our lead guide at sugar bush today and so oh, wow. so just again that emphasis on education that emphasis on you know what i would say today steering our own narrative creating our own narrative you know it's it's all kind of interconnected
1: yeah it really is and uh we we should uh next segment talk about what you were doing and remind people of all the great organizations that uh, are urban organizations that you belong with and, uh, support along with your own and, uh, what's going on at the Capitol, because this is a new dawn and a new day. And I think that's a song, but, uh, maybe I can use it.
4: (laughs) You could sing it maybe, but yeah, it is a new day. I mean, you could just feel after there were, you know, over a dozen of native orgs represented in this committee hearing and, uh, and we all presented we were so well prepared you know uh we have professional political handling lobbyists and i and all you know so many of these emerging younger leaders you know i was a an elder in this pack probably the second oldest of of us all and it just makes me feel so you know proud and humbled and hopeful when you see i was thinking i was telling people yeah five years ago we couldn't have even done this what we just did today
1: Right, right. That's, that's amazing. And that's worth, uh, worth living, uh, as long as you and I have to see this and and (laughs) (laughs) it's an amazing. And, uh, again, we always talked about, uh, for years on the show, uh, whether it was the two hour show or the weekly show that, uh, we're really happy about our young ones and the way they're coming up. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are really leading the way and, uh, and, um, in a good way.
4: In a very good way, in a very good way. And and I look at some of these young leaders, young leadership that I was with today, and I thought, wow, when I was their age, would I even have uh sort of wherewithal to appear in front of a fairly imposing, you know, state senate committee and, and plead my case. And these guys are miles ahead of where I was uh, at their well, age. Well, so. I,
1: I can answer that for me, and the answer would be no. <laughs> no,
4: same here. <laughs>
1: Hey, we're with Robert Lilligren and we're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake. We'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us.
3: JS Bean Factory is a Native owned, community supported, cozy artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages Rights voted Top 10 Coffee Shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff.
6: No one should have to choose between a paycheck and their health. Whether it's for a new baby, an unexpected illness, or an aging parent, Minnesotans deserve time to care for themselves and their families. That's why Minnesota Democrats are fighting for all working people to have paid family and medical leave. Learn more about how Democrats are standing up for working families and small businesses at paidleavemn.org. That's paidleavemn.org. Paid for by Minnesota AFL-CIO.
2: The Senior Linkage Line is a free, statewide service of the Minnesota Board on Aging, helping older Minnesotans and caregivers find answers and connect to services and supports. Questions about Medicare? Transportation? Looking to move to senior housing? Overwhelmed with prescription drug plans? Call the Senior Linkage Line at 800-333-2433 or visit trellisconnects.org where we help people optimize well-being as they age. That's trellisconnects.org.
3: Hi Minneapolis, this is Randy Rhodes. Listen to me, weeknights, 10 to midnight, a.m. 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
1: Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash covidvaccine. ramseycounty.us slash covidvaccine. AM 950 KTNF, St. Louis Park, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hey, it's
2: Patrick. It's March, and believe it or not, it's almost time for spring cleaning. You're not the only one who's tired of winter this year because your carpets and air ducts are too. Think about the dust, dander, and bacteria living and breeding in your carpet, upholstery, air ducts, and more with nowhere to go. There's only one real way to get rid of that gunk in your home, and that's by calling our cleaning heroes at ZeroRes. With ZeroRes's platinum-rated cleaning systems and patented ZR water, they will extract all that nasty out of your home and it will look and smell like a home should. And with the ZeroRes Gotta Love It guarantee you know they will take care of you. This month get three rooms ZeroResified from the Twin Cities number one carpet cleaner starting at 129 bucks, And take 75 bucks off your air duct cleaning as well to get that truest spring cleaning feel. Call 952-Zero-Res or go to ZeroResMinnesota.com right now and say you want the AM 950 special. Zero Res.
6: With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for rain tonight with a low around 35, Friday more rain with a high near 41, and Friday night about 3 to 7 inches of snow with a low around 22. At Crooner's Supper Club, the entertainment doesn't stop when the show ends. Head over to Maggie's Lounge for some post-show drinks and great conversation. You'll love the relaxed and friendly atmosphere. That's Maggie's Lounge at Crooner's Supper Club, off Moor Lake and Highway 65. More at CroonersLoungeMN.com.
3: Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back. Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
0: Hey, this portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. <laughs>
1: Hey, thanks, Ogama. Hey, here we're here with Robert Lilligren, CEO of the Native American Community Development Institute here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis. And we're celebrating a twins win, uh sugar bushing, uh Trump indicted, and uh seven <laughs> inches of snow coming. And uh what was happening at the Capitol today with uh with our group of friends, Robert
4: Yeah, so it was great. Uh There was a group of us uh, under an umbrella of an effort we call the Urban Indian Legacy Initiative, or UILI. And it's a coalition of 16 of the urban Indian organizations here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul. And uh, we're seeking capital investment from the state in our facilities, mostly to update and upgrade existing facilities um, some new uh buildings as well and it's a significant ask it's i think now we're at 136 million dollars for i think 13 or 14 different projects and and a a few things that really um stand out for me one of them is just the collaborative and collective nature of our effort and uh we all went in we're um we're all supporting each other uh, as a one whole ask and you know at government a lot of times they want things prioritized or they want to know you know how to sort of separate us uh from each other and from uh but we're standing together and it's like this is what we need this is what we're here to ask for and and i just i'm really really uh, proud of that that we have that kind of collaboration going on amongst leadership here and to note that that's That has been built over decades, right? And especially the last decade where we've really sat down and tried to decolonize our relationships and stop viewing each other as competitors for resources or competitors for service populations and to really acknowledge that if we work together, we can bring more resources into the community and better serve our people. And this is just a shining example of that.
1: Yeah, I saw a picture of uh, the director of uh, New Native Theater, uh, Rihanna Yazi, and I just got to give yeah. a quick shout out to them, because my daughter, uh, my Hinu, my first daughter, is in a play that she's doing this uh, this cycle, so we're really excited uh, that uh, Jalisa is uh going to be doing her thing with Rihanna so that's pretty cool that's so
4: cool yeah so new Native theater Rihanna Yatsi the founder and director was was there today testifying and uh, and you know people just brought up all these facts that we don't um we don't hear all the time you know and just about how rare it is not just to have a Native founded Native run theater company presenting works from a Native perspective but but, uh when and if when they get their building they'll be one of the few native theaters to have a dedicated dedicated space and it was it was just great to hear Hiriana. and yeah congratulations on your daughter's performance I new mean, native theater does incredible work
1: yeah I wish I could take credit but uh, I can't but uh I yeah. appreciate that uh <laughs> one of the interesting things too is that we know we're the Native Corridor, especially, uh, you know, on Franklin Avenue, there's a lot of uh, the buildings are falling apart. Let's just put it straight out. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, I mean, we have these wonderful, iconic organizations, many of them founded by by what I think of as our founding generation, you know, the Laura Waterman, Wittstock, Clyde Belcour sort of generation. We're losing those folks, and then these agencies that they help found and fund are now have 40 50 year old facilities that have been under in and we're just we're just providing incredible support and services to the community with really subpar facilities and so the argument that the state should be investing in these organizations serving our people and our land makes all the sense in the world and and to feel like we're getting heard, you know the proof will be in the pudding we'll see how it plays out as you know the Legislative sessions get wildly political uh, as they wind down. So, so we're paying close attention. Yeah, uh, yeah. Something's yeah. got to happen, right? Something's got to happen.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's an awesome feeling. And, and one of the things, too, that I always appreciate And when I was at the Capitol, and I think we talked about this last time, about the young warrior who not only is one of the leaders now, but also as a young one when they lost her mother and she was the oldest one, got these services. And so there's proofs in the pudding that the, how this works and how well this works and how it can work.
4: Right, right. You're exactly right. And now there's this, these generational stories to tell, right? These intergenerational ones, like you're referencing, and and just to reinforce that you know the term culturally specific, you know, service delivery. But native people know how to serve native people, and we do it brilliantly, though we have been starved for resources. And so the argument is fund us directly. We'll do the work. You know, we don't need these layers of intermediaries between us and the resources you know so in some ways i guess that's like building trust right mm-hmm. building trust between the native organizations and um the state government let like just trust us and so now we're able to lift up our work and tell them firsthand what kind of successes we have and what kind of resources we need from them
1: well, I like uh, the fact that your old dear friend who's lieutenant governor uh, gives us a uh, update every two weeks and that she's been able to talk uh, to the governor in many different ways over the years. But specifically when she's become a lieutenant governor in that par- partnership, uh, that the governor gets it. You know, he even yep. said that in the speech that I was there uh, and we played that speech that he gets it that we're not gonna tell you what to do or we're not gonna lead the way you are.
4: Right, right. And that is very, yep, and it's great that he gets it. It was great that he was at our Urban Indian Legacy Initiative rally, he spoke there, hugely supportive. And it's so clear to see Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, our whiter sisters, it's, they're not. I mean, she has said those words, I've heard her say those exact same things, but more that idea that people know what they need and in some ways it's to make sure that we have adequate resources and can get out of our way. So you can really see that through line between uh, Peggy Flanagan, our Lieutenant Governor, Native Lieutenant Governor and then um, the Governor, Governor Walz.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, as I'm thinking too, because we have uh, quite a few uh, leaders in the State and Senate, uh, Native American Alicia is like uh, coming up there. Now I'm thinking too. Now who's behind them? Who's coming up next? Because, geez, uh, you know what's next for lieutenant governor, senator? You know, I, you know all these things go through my head, but I got to live a day at a time and just uh, uh, appreciate what's happening right now. Right. Well, and that's
4: our job now, right? Where we are in our lives and in our trajectory to make sure we're so sort of scanning the horizon, lifting up those voices and those people who can come. Come along next, and and to make sure that we're being deliberate and intentional about that. And you know, it's so clear. Some of these people, Senator, State Senator Mary Kunesh, who is the lead Senate author on the Urban Indian Legacy Initiative bill, she couldn't even be there because she had another bill in another committee. So my uh, my good friend, uh, State Senator uh, Scott Dibble, stepped in and a yeah. champion in this in this hearing but to make sure there's there's the next peggy flanagan right the next right. mary kunash and and to make sure that we're watching for them and, and supporting them and then to really leverage the role models they have now when we were younger there weren't these people in these high these powerful leadership positions you know we had that we had to kind of learn it in the streets right <laughs> make it up as we went along but now we have so much more uh, sort of formal pathways for people to follow, and you know, it's exciting,
1: yeah, it really, really is it's a great time to live, and also you know it's not perfect, and things aren't perfect, but it's definitely the trail that's being blazed that our our young ones can take it to the next level and the next step, and you were the first you know a Native American uh city council member in Minneapolis, and we can't forget that you trail blazed for a lot of us. And you were friends with the Lieutenant Governor when she was young. And not that you and I are that much older, but no.
4: <laughs> Old enough, right? But you can't right. have a second until there's a first. And you can't have right. a fifth until there's a first. You can't have a 1,000 until there's a first. So so I expect to see those kinds of numbers as we go forward. And, and part of it isn't just sort of elbowing your way to the to the table, but then it's changing the culture of government, or or whatever, corporate or nonprofits, even. But making sure that the culture becomes more um, comfortable for Native people, more welcoming of Native people. I mean, these are institutions that were built to eliminate us, right? You know? And so, so honor the brave people who are willing to go into them, and then to make sure that we're we're changing them, we're changing systems. That's a lot of like the work we do at NACTI, at Native American right. Community Development Institute. You know, we're authentically grounded in community and working for holistic systems change policy, you know, just boardroom attitudes. It's fascinating work.
1: It is, and I just gotta throw a damper over everything before we let you go, Robert. And one of the <laughs> things is uh, the, the shootings, um, the Republicans are against everything but the things that really matter out there. And I really feel, and Ogum and I talked about this yesterday, it's like uh, I don't feel safe at uh, large groups now and, and because it's a free-for-all out there, and we can yeah. thank our, our Republicans for that.
4: Right, large groups, grocery stores, elementary schools. I mean, it's, it's tragic. And the problem is the guns. And you can tell me a million times that it's not the guns. It's the guns. If people didn't have guns, I wouldn't be shooting people. I would feel much safer uh, if uh, nobody had guns. You know, but uh, right. we have this Second Amendment, and you know, what is it that some of those memes you're seeing? You know, that wouldn't it make more sense to regulate guns than than drag shows and uh, right. school libraries?
1: You know? like, exactly. Let's yeah, ban the books yeah. here.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just it's so upside down.
1: It is upside down, but that's keep forging ahead with all these good things that are happening in the native community and and uh keep an eye on the prize and 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 resist, you know. Yeah. That's what we talk about here all the time. So Robert, thank you and uh thank you for joining us on this momentous day, really. Uh yeah, for always you guys. A pleasure. And, Great to yeah. see
4: you, Ogerman. Great to see you, Robert.
1: All right. Hey, thanks again. That was Robert Lilligren, CEO of Native American. Community Development Institute here in Minneapolis in the Twin Cities. We'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us.
6: No one should have to choose between a paycheck and their health. Whether it's for a new baby, an unexpected illness, or an aging parent, Minnesotans deserve time to care for themselves and their families. That's why Minnesota Democrats are fighting for all working people to have paid family and medical leave. Learn more about how Democrats are standing up for working families and small businesses at paidleavemn.org. That's paidleavemn.org. Paid for by Minnesota
1: AFL-CIO. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash covidvaccine. ramseycounty.us covidvaccine.
3: Hi, this is
2: Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
0: Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Ho!
1: You know i almost uh, had you do that solo again i pushed the mute button you know and, but i got it in time Oguma. so hey that would have, uh, that would
0: have been okay i've done it alone before it, it happens
1: yeah, you know. that's right so uh wow exciting things happening here uh, all over turtle island and again uh really excited uh, that something's happening finally with the uh, with the orange fellow that used to be uh, president of this uh, country yeah Uh, oh you know you, you, you just think about being on the right and the wrong side of history uh what what's going on you know are we able to talk about history you know it's it's just a it's just a weird time to live right now because i feel like this is one of the times in many ways at least the last half six years that we're going two steps back but then You know, we have all this good information and things happening here with uh, our urban native community, Uh, you know, here in Minnesota. People are watching what's going on here uh, politically in many ways and how these guys, um, uh, the last uh, cycle there was a Republican Senate and, uh, you know, a Democratic House and a Democratic Governor and nothing happened. Nothing got done. No, all these things are happening. We have a $17.4 billion surplus. So it's it's time to really re-up in what we want to be here in Minnesota, Ogama.
0: Yeah, we really need to, you know, kind of keep our eyes on the prize or, you know, keep our goals in mind for what we want to be here in Minnesota. I agree with you. You know, Minnesota is kind of seen as this... Um, you know, really liberal and um, often compassionate state, you know, where we're um, working on no-knock warrants being banned. Um, we are um, a safe haven state. Um, we have right to reproductive health um, and um, affirmative gender-affirming care here. Um, but we also have some of the greatest uh, disparities between in education, between students of color and uh, white students here in Minnesota too. So we definitely have right. our work for us, um, but I'm really glad to see the work that we are continuing to do that works towards those issues.
1: Yeah, really good point too. And you know, we, we, I just talked a little bit, uh, Robert, about this and I know that what you do with your, your daughter's school too. Um, It's—it's, it, it's, You know, the Native American kids have, uh, you know, a very low graduation on time not just here in Minnesota, but nationally, and there's many, many reasons behind that. And um, one of them is uh, just the trauma that's been passed down, whether through the blood or through what they've gone through. And um, you know, going to somewhere like South Dakota and a lot of times uh, reservations and how poor they are and uh, where mm-hmm. people are coming from and. The learning curve and and the trauma that's passed down, and um, it, we need uh, we need to be aware of that and really work within those parameters uh, to get healthy and to become learners and and in, in many ways and that it's okay. And uh, I don't know, I'm rambling, Oguma, but you know, you're working deep with your daughter and the school that she goes to and uh, and things like that. Uh, like uh, Santini says, we need more Native instructors and teachers. How do we do that? You know, um, right. do the tribes and, make it happen and pay for their college and make sure they come back and work for five years with their community, things like that. Or what? what's your thoughts, Oguma?
0: Well, I don't know that, you know, requirements to come back and teach within communities are necessarily always helpful. But. You know, I think honestly, and I just wrote a proposal for this because I am in the School of Education right now um, for my degree for Communication Arts and Literature. And I will come out on the other side of this with a with a teaching degree. And one of the things that I'm proposing is that there be a requirement to teach the history of boarding schools here in Minnesota, um, both at the university level and I think, you know, even at lower levels. you know, if we can't acknowledge the truth that that has happened, including um, the ethnic cleansing that's happened directly here in Minnesota with the Ho-Chunk and the Dakota people, as well as the Anishinaabe people, and, um, you know, as a larger topic within the nation. If we cannot acknowledge those truths, if those are not a part of the curriculum, then why would Native students continue to go if their history is just being blatantly ignored, being blatantly erased? Why would they want to become teachers? I went through an entire introduction to education class, and they covered the history of the education system in the United States, starting in the early 1400s, 1500s, when, um, this line was beginning to be colonized and um, going all the way up until present day. And they covered desegregation and the civil rights movement. They covered a lot of those issues with gender and um, they completely ignored uh, boarding schools. It was not a part yeah. of the presentation. It was oh. not talked about as a part of the history of education in the United States. And when I brought that up, I was told that that's a separate class, that I need to go and take a Native Studies class to learn that information. And I was just appalled that yeah. that, that was the answer that I was given. And What do you mean I need to take a Native Studies class? You're, uh, you have a doctorate in education and you don't understand how intertwined these are, you know?
4: Right
0: that the this, this school of education doesn't have that as um, something that's important to them. And I think those things are changing slowly, but until we see that truth, until we're no longer afraid to talk about what happened, right. that we're going to continue to see a lot of these um, problems. And, you know, those oh, barriers yeah, no. that you were talking about too are ongoing, not just for Native students, but for a lot of students in Minnesota.
1: Well, no, and one of the things, too, I wanted, sorry that I interrupted you, but one of the things I wanted to say was that we need somebody like you that's taking these courses to bring this up because that's, a, that's probably why you know we have a different pieces of uh, history uh, that don't include us, and, um, and there, there's been reasons behind that because a lot of that history, if it was put out there in real life, uh, people would not be ha- happy with their ancestors. You know, we talk about colonizers and, and the, a lot of the terms that we hear on the same people, there were settlers. Well, what are they settling? You know, um, land that's already been settled by uh, indigenous people over 10,000 years, and we can go on and on about that, but mm-hmm. it's it's a lot about the verbiage, and when you're being sent to another class to uh, it separate us. You know that we're separating your history over here. You can study your own history, but the real history is here in this class, and we're going to talk about that. So I'm glad you brought something up because uh, you know at least made them pause and think. You know,
3: right? Well, and that's the today, idea today.
1: But go ahead, or the people well, that are in your class too.
0: Yeah, and that's the idea too. Is that you know. It's not for um, blame or it's not for, you know, to make everybody feel bad, you know, like they teach about the Holocaust and um, you know, what the Nazis did in Germany um, during World War II, they teach that, they teach it without shame. They teach it and they tell all the students, this is heavy and you need to know this so that we can stop this from ever happening again. And they don't teach the Holocaust here that happened on Turtle Island, Um, At all, because they're ashamed of it. And until they can get past their own guilt and that shame about it and talk about it in such a way so that everybody has to carry the weight of knowing what happened, we can't really work towards reconciliation and those types of things. I think we really need to have that um, as part of the standards for education within the state of Minnesota, that children should know about this, that, um, at the university level, students should be prepared to understand those concepts and how they affected their students that they'll be teaching here in Minnesota. And, um, I'm hoping that it changes soon.
1: Yeah. Well, young warriors like yourself will change it. If you don't know your history, you're going to repeat it. And we don't need to repeat a lot of the, the history. We need, uh, I heard long time ago anyone can learn from their own mistakes. It's geniuses that learn from others. Hey, thanks, Ogama. Thanks, Robert Lilligren. If you're listening to the show, you are part of the resistance. We need to resist. I best join a group, run for office, free Leonard Peltier now. <laughs>